Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport News. This is episode 80, recorded December 11th, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, Night Lock Saves Lives, $500 lock opened with a zip tie, thieves use air tags to track vehicles, can thermite actually open a lock, new products, locksmith story, criminals, sales giveaways, and much more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at locksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube or Odyssey. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some of the apps limit the length of show notes, so you can find full show notes with all of the links at thelocksportscast.com. I apologize if you hear a bit of background noise in this episode. The weather outside is a bit stormy, so the wind and the rain are making a little bit of noise, especially on the metal uh, awning over the window in this room. So nothing I can really do about it. So I apologize if you hear it. Just your quick reminder here that the Lockie Awards are coming up. So have your lists ready for people and videos that you might want to nominate for this year's Lockie Awards. First up in the news is a story from the National Desk written by Alex Ware. Oxford High School parents say nightlock doorstops saved their children's lives. The article says parents of Oxford High School students in Michigan are thanking the door lock company that installed doorstops throughout their school district. They say this company helped save their kids' lives and hundreds more after a school shooting last month that left four dead and seven injured. Jack Taylor, co-founder of Nightlock, said nearly 700 door barricades are inside the Oxford School District with every classroom having at least one doorstop box. Parents in the district are now extremely grateful for those devices. The people of Nightlock say they have received a number of calls from grateful parents. Taylor said, it just breaks our hearts. When we first got into this business, we knew we could help. We were in the residential barricade business helping protect people's homes, but when we started working with the schools and protecting people in schools, it was a new mission. Taylor says legislation passed in Michigan last year requiring door barricade devices in schools for extra protection. Since then, the company has installed even more devices. Oxford specifically has nearly 700 devices split across each school in the district. OHS parents say they're grateful for that law and students knowing how to use the devices. Taylor says the company has been selling locks to schools for nine years, but he never imagined that a day like this would happen. Taylor says the Oxford shooting was the first time that he knows of where the devices were used in an actual active shooter event, but he says he's happy they were there to help save lives. And this particular lock is a very simple device. Looks like just a a bolt-on plate on the door with a dovetail in it, and then a plate on the floor with a square hole in it, and the device just drops in the groove, slides into the hole, and keeps the door from being opened. Very simple, but very effective. And Nathaniel Mott from PC Magazine is reporting that car thieves are using air tags to track vehicles. The article says York Regional Police said at least five vehicles have been targeted by thieves who use Apple's tracking device. They say Apple released the air tag in April to help people keep track of their luggage, keys, and stuff like that. But now the devices are being used to monitor the location of something else, more specifically, high end vehicles that car thieves have started tracking with the tags. 
York Regional Police say since September 2021, officers have investigated five incidents where suspects have placed small tracking devices on high-end vehicles so that they can later locate and steal them. Tags are placed in out-of-sight areas of the vehicle when they are parked in public places like malls or parking lots. Thieves then track the targeted vehicle to the victim's residence where they are stolen from the driveway. The police say that the air tags are being hidden in trailer hitches, bumpers, and other hard-to-spot places on vehicles. Because the air tag was designed to be as unobtrusive as possible, there are plenty of hiding places for car thieves to place the device on the intended target. Stowing one of the trackers is quicker than actually stealing the car. And after the vehicle leaves the public parking lot, it's probably going to be kept somewhere private enough for the theft to occur. Apple previously updated the AirTag to reduce the length of time one of the trackers would need to be away from its owner before it started to alert people who have been traveling in close proximity to the device as a safeguard against the product being used to stalk someone. Although that change only helps iPhone owners, Android users are left with third-party solutions while they wait for the company to deliver the app that it promised to release on its platform. And the AirTags are still designed to wait somewhere between 8 to 24 hours after being separated from their owner before they start notifying others in the area that they're being tracked. And that leaves plenty of time for car thieves to place the device on a vehicle and track it to a more secluded area and potentially steal it before the owner even realizes that they've picked up a stowaway AirTag. So another illegal use for AirTags. That technology has found quite a few illegal uses after its release. Next up, we have a couple of articles from the Locksmith Ledger. The first that was brought to my attention was Best of 2021 Mechanical Lockpicking Solutions. The article starts off, New keyways and durable locks highlight new products that are aimed at where power to the door is neither required nor desired. The following are new mechanical locks and locking solutions that stood out over the past year. The article is long, so I'm just going to read the list of locks that they highlight, and you can check out the article if you want to know why they were selected. So the first is Corbin Ruswin CLX3300 slash Sergeant 10X, the Quickset with the SC1 Keyway, the Medico 4, the Multilock MTL800, and the Town Steel M Genius. I'll have a link to the article in the show notes. The article is fairly long, goes into quite a bit more detail about why they selected these locks and what they think is good about them. So I will leave it to you to go through that if you want to. The next article was Safes 101, an introduction to safe opening by Wayne Winton. So the article starts off by saying, doing your due diligence ahead of time is as important as the techniques you use while on the job. When it comes to safe opening, there's more to the job than just technique. In this article, I'll try to cover all the bases of opening residential safes. Again, this is a long article, so I'm just going to highlight what the different sections are about. The first section starts off by saying, For a safe technician, the most important part of the job is to make sure you open the safe for the owner or legal guardian, and they cover what that entails. Then the article continues, After we have a good customer who has no red flags and a good ID on the container, we can formulate a plan. Here's a list of tools I use for my safe openings. The article provides that list and some examples of tools that you shouldn't use. 
The next section says, let's discuss the common types of locking devices in most modern home safes and a few ways to defeat them. The types listed are the usual low-end solenoid locks, then the mechanical body lock, normally three wheels, direct entry or straight tail wheel pack, the motor-driven bolt work, the full-size electronic lock, and the full-size mechanical lock. And it says each of these types of locks can be defeated in their own way, and the article touches on a few of those methods. The start of the next section says, Now that we have discussed a few different opens and types of locks with methods to defeat them, let's talk about the repair after the open has been completed. And obviously they go into the methods to repair any holes you may have drilled while getting the open. And finally, the last section, now that you have seen a few common and not so common openings, let's discuss pricing for your new professional skill set. If you provide professional work, then charge professional prices. And it goes into how to price and the justifications for those prices. If you're interested in cracking safes, it might be an interesting read for you. Link will be in the show notes. And Cook and Boardman has acquired Bass Security, expanding their security integration solutions. This reported on the PRN Newswire, which is a PR news press thing. It says the Cook and Boardman Group LLC, a leading specialty distributor of commercial door entry solutions and systems integration services, has announced the acquisition of Bedford Heights, Ohio-based Bass Security Solutions, Inc., Terms of the transaction were not disclosed. Founded in 1975 by Dale Bass, Bass Security is a national provider of custom CCTV and burglary and fire alarm security integration solutions, locksmith and hardware break and fix services. The company serves loss prevention, facilities management, and new construction needs of customers throughout the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico. Darren Anderson, chief executive officer of CNB, said of Bass Security that they fit perfectly into our strategy of broadening our security integration services nationwide. They say the company will continue to operate under the Bass Security name and customer contacts will remain unchanged as a result of the acquisition. FYI, Cook & Boardman is a portfolio company of Little John & Co. LLC. Bass represents CNB's 16th acquisition since being acquired by Little John in October 2018. And this was a really neat article that was sent in to me. It's entitled, How Brothers Secured Their Place in History with a World-Leading Invention. It's published in the Tropshire Star by Mark Andrews. The article starts out by saying, When I were a lad... You could leave your front door open and nobody would steal anything. So goes the old saying, repeated down countless generations. And just a side note, uh, my family actually did that. Uh, In the house we lived in from the time I was in sixth grade through high school, I didn't even have a door key. We never locked the front door, period. The whole time I lived there. We never got broken into either. Lucky. Anyway, the article continues, well, that didn't appear to be the case in the early 19th century. Indeed, crime, theft, and burglary in particular 
was so rampant that in 1818, the government resorted to holding a talent contest for the security industry. It proved to be a stroke of genius because not only did the winner, 28-year-old Jeremiah Chubb, come up with something incredibly clever and innovative, but he also used his 100 guineas prize money to start up a business that would lead the world and from a base in the heart of the West Midlands. This week's edition is about not one, but several great lives because the success story behind the Chubb Lockmaker was very much a family affair, but it was Jeremiah's invention that lit the torch and his older brother Charles, whose persistence and business acumen created a security giant. The article has a number of interesting old drawings and photos and covers the history of Chubb from the beginning until the present, and I really recommend that you go check it out. It's another really long article, and I can't even contemplate reading the whole thing here. So if you're interested, link in the show notes. In community news, Locknoob put up a video entitled Reaction to Zip Tie Exploit on $500 Lock. And his description on that video said, this is a great example of ethical hacking and Lock company responding positively to the discovery of an exploit. And the video he is watching in his reaction video is from DHack Security YouTube channel entitled $500 Lock Opened with a Zip Tie. The description on that video reads, in July 2020, I found a major vulnerability on some of the Schlage co-series. This video will show you how to bypass it with a zip tie and the most important, how to fix it. And it says, note, the manufacturer fixed the vulnerability on newer versions a few months after sharing the discovery with them. A note has been sent to the distributors for their clients, so everything has been done ethically. In the video, he demonstrates using a specially prepared zip tie with a some diagonal slices made in the end to create some barbs that he slides up through the drain hole in the bottom of the lock to hook the mechanism to pull it down to engage the handle that normally wouldn't be engaged when the code hasn't been entered properly. And then he demonstrates a device that he came up with in cooperation with Sparrow's Lockpicks to fix that exploit. Very simple little spring clip device that goes up and uh, embeds itself in the weep hole, keeping zip tie from being able to fit up there. Uh, very simple design, and it is available at sparrowslockpicks.com. There will be a link in the show notes to both videos from Locknoob and D-Hack Security, as well as a link to the fix for the product at Sparrow's Lockpicks. And a YouTuber called SpaceNut1 has come up with a new lock challenge called the Teaspoon of Vegemite Locksport Club. Hashtag Vegemite Locksport Club. He only has eight subscribers at the moment, so you might want to go over there and check out his channel and consider subscribing. The description on the video says, it's simple, eat a teaspoon of Vegemite, then pick a lock. I challenge Artichoke2000 to do it as well. Check out his channel with a link to Artichoke's channel. If you're Australian and pick locks, you are legally required to do this, he says. <laughs> anyway, a uh, link to his video will be in the show notes. And as of recording this, it looks like Pocket Woman and HV Logic have already put up videos doing the challenge. So you might want to check those out as well. 
And Pocket Woman sent in a note, said, Good day, Charles. I received the shipping cost update from 3D Locksport. I would like you to announce what they have said about shipping to Australia. I think the Locksporters need to know this. Already I have told my U.S. friends to hold on to any parcels to me from the U.S. until USPS comes to its senses and lowers prices again. Australia has opened up its state and international borders, so there will be more international flights available for mail. I hope the postage prices come down soon. Anyway, the email from 3D Locksport I also received. It says, we got shipping prices lowered. Ever since I started 3D Locksport in 2019, I have been working to get shipping prices as low as possible, especially for my international customers. Well, I am happy to announce I finally partnered with a shipping integration that has done this for us. Shipping prices are now lower for domestic customers and international customers. For international customers, you will see shipping prices almost 10 US dollars cheaper or more than in the past. We got this done just in time for the holiday season and hope it makes your decision to shop with us an easier one. One unfortunate note for our Australian customers, one of our biggest markets, USPS currently has a shipping restriction into Australia due to COVID-19. They only allow certain shipping methods, mainly USPS Priority Express International. This is one of the most expensive options they have. The bright side is that with our new shipping integration, it's $20 cheaper than it would have been in the past. Don't get me wrong, it's still very expensive, but until the shipping restrictions into Australia are lifted, it's the best we have to offer. And this is the exact problem I ran into with my last shipment to Australia that cost $85 to go to Australia for one small box. And that's why part of the, a big part of the reason why the Lockheed Awards have no trophies this year. So if you have anything that needs to go into Australia, I recommend that you work with whoever you're shipping to to maybe postpone it for a little while longer. I can't see that staying in place too much longer, but you never know. Moving on to videos, I only have one this week, and it's one that is actually a month old. It was from November 5th on the TKOR YouTube channel, a very popular YouTube channel. And it was, can thermite actually break a lock with lock picking lawyer? In the description says, in today's video, we're testing and debunking some Hollywood lock picking scenes with the expert lock picker himself, lock picking lawyer. He'll let us know what is real and what is complete nonsense. And they uh, actually demonstrate methods here that work and that don't work. So including the thermite one. I'll leave it to you to watch the video to find out how that turned out. In products this week, Bowley Lock Company announced that the Bowley Distetainer Lock has a name. And I don't even know for sure how to pronounce it. But they say, we have officially named the new distetainer the Rotacera. We will be selling the new cylinder along with an array of Abus padlocks to start. If all goes well, we will offer the cylinder in deadbolts and knobs as well. So it has a name. We just don't have a lock available yet. And iFisk sent in a link and said some interesting multi-tools I wasn't aware of. They're called key ports and they're basically fancy folding key caddies with extras. Extra options include a multi-tool, a Yubico, a couple of different Yubico options, 
RFID tag inserts and what they call an omnifob, which I'm not too sure about. It seems to be a way to have a one button device that attaches to your folding key caddy act as a remote for multiple devices, depending on where it is. Anyway, I won't go into my reservations on that at this point, but you can check that out. Link will be in the show notes if it's something you're interested in. And along with the fix for the lock we spoke about previously, Sparrows has announced the Sparrows Thunderbird pick set. Says designed and manufactured by Sparrows in partnership with one of America's premier violin workshops. The standout handles are made from instrument grade American cherry that has been cut, sanded, and stained in Colorado by experienced luthers, string instrument maker people. Precision cut 0.025 stainless steel shanks are each hand polished to a mirror smooth finish. The final fit is done with a combination of adhesives and aluminum pins to ensure the perfect level of responsive feedback. Each lockpick in the set has been selected to offer an all-around set that will strike the perfect balance between single pin picking and raking. These picks are crafted to be comfortable in the hand while offering complete control and feedback when being put to use. Don't let the shine fool you. These tools are meant to be used. The set also includes a selection of standard and flat bar tension wrenches and it comes in a pinstriped tin if that's important to you. And all this can be yours for $249 US for a set of uh, mass-produced custom picks. I didn't see any new purple or above Lockpickers United belts announced this week, so we'll move right on to Speed Locks, where we have a few new records. We have a first record for the Gold E9 by Duckfax in 40.5 seconds. New times on the TSA locks. HV Logic got the TSA 005 in 12.679 seconds. And then the TSA 006 was picked by HV Logic in 6.773 seconds. The TSA 007 by Jeff and Things in 12.212 seconds. And then a couple more first records, one on the Abus Brady 4140 Lotto in 19.8 seconds and the Progress Fontaine BTE Paris in 8.68, both of those by Panda Frog. And now it's time to take a quick break, say thank you to the people that made this particular episode possible. We'll start with Patreon subscribers. Those are Panda Frog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, William Sprain, Dave Duby Deciphered, Lee Bond's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Cherell, Patty Cakes, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cool Tune, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lock Picker, Real Tater, JHP Picking. Chief content producer for this episode was I Fisk again. Other content producers for this episode Beanie A to Z, Cherell, Clayton Howard, aka Cool Tune. Dark Arts Lockpicking, Gumby, HV Logic, Jeff Moss, Joshua Gonzalez, Keyless Entry, Panda Frog, Pocket Woman, Rubber Band, Starry Lock, and Tony Varelli. Thank you to all of you for your support. I really, really appreciate it. Just remember the show is only possible because of the information sent in by you, the community. So if you value this podcast, please help support it by sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have that's Locksport related. In any way that you think the community might get a kick out of knowing or might benefit from knowing, send it in to podcast at the locksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed at the locksportscast.com slash support. 
Don't forget to share the podcast with your lockpicking friends, either in person or online. You can also leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or a comment and a thumbs up on YouTube or Odyssey. You can subscribe to the audio version of the podcast or the YouTube Odyssey channel if you want a video version. If you want, you can donate on PayPal or subscribe on Patreon if you want to help financially. Uh, patrons do get a private RSS feed if they want that provides the audio version about a day early. That's really the only benefit they have besides being mentioned on the show. If you support the show with a donation or information I use in the show, I will give you credit in the show and on the show notes. Also, if you have any interesting stories of things that happened to you in Locksport or because of Locksport, feel free to send them in to me and I will try to cover them on the show. That can be a written note, a video, or audio recording. Any of those would be sufficient, and I would like to get those on the show. If you have feedback, you can send that to me, and it can either be kept confidential or shared on the show. That's up to you. That also can be a note, video, or audio recording if you want it shared on the show. But if you do want it shared on the show, make sure that it is reasonable length, polite, work and family safe, not political, and not just drama. And we have a short little locksmith story this week that was sent in by iFisk. He found on Reddit, it looks like. And it said, after not being able to go home for Thanksgiving because of my family having COVID and then locking myself out of my apartment with my roommates being with their families hours away, the only locksmith that picked up the phone also brought me a plate of Thanksgiving dinner. Good on that locksmith. You know, it's the personal touch, thinking of these are real people. It's not just another lockout. This is a person who's having a very bad day on a holiday. So good on that locksmith. And our kind of strange locksmith story for this week is also kind of a criminal story. It's uh, from the BBC entitled Man Who Glued Lock of Gorleston Vaccine Center is Jailed. It says a man who put superglue on the lock of a COVID-19 vaccination center preventing 504 people from getting jabs has been jailed for 12 weeks. Hayden Brown, 53, of Norfolk, squirted glue into the keyhole of the center's door on 26th of November, meaning the premises in Gorleston could not be open. Brown admitted to criminal damage and causing public nuisance in court. He was arrested on Tuesday after being identified in footage from cameras that had been installed following two previous incidents earlier in November. His actions uh, prevented a large number of people, 504, from getting the jab, a large number of who they say were elderly. They say the disruption has caused great anxiety to those who have chosen to be vaccinated and then were not able to attend. The defendant also admitted to possessing cannabis, which was found at his home following his arrest. Then moving on to other criminal news out of Idaho, the Idaho Mountain Express Emily Jones is reporting that a Sun Valley man gets probation for grand theft and meth possession. The article says a Sun Valley man must successfully complete the Blaine County Drug Court Program and pay $7,500 in restitution to a Ketchum man whose storage unit he burglarized last fall. Tony Lopez Sanchez was sentenced on November 15th to three years supervised probation and 30-day jail term. Sanchez was also ordered to pay $5,000 fine with $4,000 suspended, $7,500 in restitution to his victims, $531 in court costs, and $100 for DNA analysis. 
Under the terms of the agreement, he must seek psychiatric care and complete a drug program and perform 100 hours of community service. He was initially charged on September 22, 2020 with felony burglary for breaking and entering into a storage unit, felony grand theft for stealing a baseball card collection valued at $20,000, misdemeanor possession of burglarous instruments, including a lockpicking kit with intent to break and enter, felony possession of methamphetamine, felony possession of heroin, misdemeanor possession of Xanax, and misdemeanor possession of drug paraphernalia. All charges against Sanchez except for the felony grand theft charge and felony meth possession charge were dismissed as part of the plea deal he entered into. The theft and drug offenses stem from a September 2020 call to police that 40,000 baseball cards had been stolen from a storage unit in Ketchum. According to the probable cause affidavit, police responded to a storage unit at the Ketchum Light Industrial District on the evening of September 9th, 2020, after a tenant discovered that a large number of valuable baseball cards were missing from his unit. The tenant and his wife offered a $5,000 reward on Facebook for information leading to the card's safe return, according to the affidavit. That plea led to a tip-off from an acquaintance of Sanchez's who provided the couple with his location and told them that she had heard Sanchez talking about the card heist. When detectives set up a surveillance on Sanchez's residence, they observed Sanchez and another woman loading clear plastic bins into their respective vehicles. A subsequent traffic stop based on suspicion that this vehicle contained the stolen items and a search of Sanchez's car turned up about 330 pounds of rare baseball cards and a lockpicking kit, according to the affidavit. Deputies conducted another search of Sanchez's Sun Valley residence that revealed drug paraphernalia inside a bedroom drawer. Detectives also found a clear bag with what later tested positive as heroin, a Ziploc bag full of methamphetamine, and a clear bag of Xanax tablets. According to court documents, some cards were damaged upon their return, necessitating the $7,500 restitution payment. That's a lot of baseball cards. Oh, 40,000 baseball cards. I wonder what those weigh in total. So how many he had when he was dealing with 330 pounds of them. Anyway, we don't know for sure if he used the lockpicking kit to steal the cards, or if maybe he used bolt cutters or something more blatant, but... Another lockpicking criminal. The next criminal story we have is out of my home state here, Oregon. Reported by Oregon Live, Alex Hardgrave. Two arrested in Happy Valley after stash of stolen items found in car. The article says two suspects were arrested after Happy Valley police found a slew of stolen items in their car, including IDs, credit cards, a high-end road bike, and a drone. The two were taken to Clackamas County Jail on preliminary charges of theft, identity theft, and possession of methamphetamine. Clackamas County Sheriff's Office deputies responded at 2.30 a.m. Thursday to reports of someone walking through a neighborhood allegedly checking for unlocked cars with a car following the person. Deputies stopped the car in Happy Valley and identified the occupants. Deputies determined some items in the car were stolen and arrested the two. Along with the stolen items, officers found a lockpick kit, a book on lockpicking, which was the visual guide to lockpicking, bolt cutters, and methamphetamine in the car. 
Upon further investigation, officers confirmed some of the items belonged to people in Goose Hollow. Some of the items in the car matched items reported missing in Hillsboro. Those were identified by Hillsboro Police Department and returned to their owners. So these two were identified not only with having lockpicks, but a lockpicking instruction book, the visual guide to lockpicking. So there was definite intent there, but doesn't sound like they were actually using it when they were caught. Moving on to sales, we'll start off with Hooligan Keys has 15% off with the code MAKE2020BETTER through January 2020. You can use the code to get 15% off. He also said that any order over $50 gets a free sticker added to their order. So head over to HooliganKeys.com to check that out. And Peterson Locksmith Tools has 15% off with a $50 minimum with the code Juliet Kilo 4 Papa 26 Zulu 1675 expires December 20th, 2021 at thinkpeterson.com. They also still have a few of their hydrometer rubber handled pick sets or picks available. I don't know if any of the sets are still available, but I noticed some picks were still available when I was there. So you can head over there and check those out. Those are still on closeout price. Southord has their annual Christmas sale, 25% discount code of SANTA25, and that expires December 21st for your Christmas shopping at southord.com. Dark Arts Lockpicking has a 20% off code, GRINCHMAS21, and that expires on the 31st of December at dalp.com.au. Red Team Tools, 11% off with the code HAPPYHOLIDAYS. I don't know what the expiration is on that, but you can use it at redteamtools.com, and it worked when I tested it before recording. Keydecoder.eu has discounted prices on their website through the end of 2021. There will be a link in the show notes. Masterlock still has some stuff up for 50% off in their surplus sale, so you can find the link to that in the show notes also. And as of this recording, it looks like Matt's Lockpit has some picks on sale still. So head over there to mattslockpit.com. I don't know when it expires, but it looked like they were still on sale when I started this recording. 3dlocksport.com, along with their lower shipping prices, they also still have a 10% off code LSCAST10, as in Lock Sports Cast 10%. It's LSCAST10 at 3D locksport.com Mako Locks has 15% off the code by Mako I don't know if it's actually still good I didn't even bother to check it before this recording because it seems to always be good same with uklockpickers.co.uk 10% off with the code gift it worked last week I was rushed for time so I didn't check it this week giveaways we have Lockmania's Christmas giveaway he does a whole series of videos through Christmas but you need to comment on the first video in the series if you want to get entered. And the full rules are mentioned in that video, which is linked in the show notes. And PandaFrog has his giveaway that he's running this month with the Locko Month at speedlocks.org. On the TSA locks, he is running a giveaway that goes along with that, where he will pick not the fastest one, but one of the random entries for a giveaway draw of his own link to the video where he mentions that in the show notes. 
And of course, the ever-present CLK Supplies hashtag LockBoss giveaway. Link in the show notes to where you can find out more information about that. They are a locksmith supply company, so they have lots of great stuff to give away. I see a lot of people winning over there. So if you're into winning stuff and giveaways, it's a good one to check out. And remember, this show needs your support and your information especially. So please remember to send me any information you have that's Locksport related, even if you don't necessarily think it's important. You have access to information that other people don't. Please help everybody know what's going on by sending it in to me at thelocksportscast.com slash support, all different ways to contact me. And remember, everyone, have a happy holidays and remember to keep it legal. Legal.